Well, I couldn't resist this. Uh, every once in a while, he gets brave enough to ask me to speak on Sunday morning. If I was to ask all of you this morning, can you believe what topic I would be on? How many of you think you know what I'd be talking about? Okay, right. You're right. I can't resist, but that's all right. And uh, well, we're on, no, nobody's here by accident this morning. We're all here by divine appointment. Amen? We're all here by divine appointment. So God has something to say to us. Okay, now listen up. You know, we've got to have that attitude, don't we? Just every time somebody opens this book, God, you've got something to say to me this morning. All right, now just be open to it, all right? Okay, quick prayer. Father, thank you for everyone that's here this morning. I pray that you'll use these words this morning, and the Spirit of God will do what only He can do, drive the truth home to our heart, and then, Father, help us to not only take it in, but help us to flesh it out this week as we walk with you. So thank you for everyone here this morning, and I pray that when they leave today, they'll be thankful and grateful that they came. In your precious name, amen. Amen. All right, now, my favorite book in the Bible is the book of Philippians. Now, Connie, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah, I know that. We got a couple here this morning. I've, oh, she doesn't want me to say this, but I will anyway. I've known her for 60 years. Six, oh, 60 years I've known her. And her dear husband was in my youth group 49 years ago. Man, I'm telling you, you know, most of you know by now that, you know, every day for me, every day above ground is a good day. So here we are. All right, so I'm going to take you to a passage, passage in Philippians chapter 1 that I want to camp on for a little bit this morning and pray that God will use it to touch your heart. I gave you a little simple outline. You can't get any simpler than this, okay? But I want you to use it, all right? Because you've got to ask yourself, why do we get away from this? Every time we go to a Bible study, every time we hear a sermon, every time, it's not only God, what do you have to teach me this morning? But God, what am I going to learn this morning that I can pass on? Most time we don't even think that way. But I'm going to say a couple of things this morning that hopefully you can pass on, all right? Because I'm trying to infect you with my disease, all right? And uh, pray that that will happen. Now what I want to do, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm an Egyptian mummy pressed for time, so we're going to... I'm just going to fly through some of this this morning and trust that we can get this. Now, before we get to the main passage, a few little introductory things that Paul said to begin this first chapter. Okay, just hang with me on this. Is just, this doesn't count on my time, but just some introductory thoughts as, he, as we get to my main passage this morning. Paul said, I thank God every time I remember you in verse 3. You know what I loved about that? I got two notes from people this week that live 
far away, you know, not live in Spokane. I got two notes this week, just incredibly encouraging. We're praying for you. Thank God for what you mean in our lives. What do you think that did for me? Man, I, I was just snorting fire. I was so encouraged. Okay, now, question. And I try to do this every week, all right? I try every week to either call, text, or write at least two people and let them know I'm praying for them and let them know what they mean in my life, okay? Get in the habit of doing that, would you? Would you? I'm going to come by and check each one of you and make sure you're, you're still alive, all right? So Paul had a thankful heart. He had a joyful spirit. Here he is confined, you know, for two years when he's writing this. And look at the joy that he still exuberated. And he said, I always pray with joy because of you. Thankful heart, a joyful spirit. We've talked about this before. Nothing is more contagious than a joyful Christian. Okay? So don't look don't walk around like you've been baptized in vinegar, okay? We got enough people like that. And uh, like you've heard me say before, so many Christians, their face should be on the front page of the book of Lamentations. All right. A thankful heart, a joyful spirit, a gospel focus. Did Paul have that? Please don't miss that. Paul said he lived for the advancement of the gospel. I mean, if we miss that, forget the rest of it, okay? And we lose sight of that. You know, we just get to where we just bury ourselves, you know? And look at how many people... And I know a lot of them. I mean, they go to Bible studies and they listen on the radio and they listen to CDs and they're gagging on spiritual truth. <laughs> Never get any of it out, okay? And so that's why, I mean, I, you know what's fun to do? It's fun to talk to and it's fun to preach to people who are hungry. question, class, are you hungry this morning? Or are you sitting there, oh, 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 you know, when is this going to be over? Sad, isn't it, when that's true? Okay. It's fun when you come excited every Sunday. God, what do you have to say to me? Right, pastor? Okay. All right. A gospel focus. All right. And then he had a confident hope that he who began a good work in you, he's going to perfect it right up until the day of Jesus Christ. Every one of you, isn't it awesome to have that awesome hope that he who began a good work in you, he's not going to leave you half-baked, he's going to finish it. Yeah, thank you, Lord, right? Okay. And then an affectionate love, he showed a fervent, affectionate love for these believers. And we need that wonderful and affectionate love for each other. Every one of us sitting here this morning are just trophies of God's grace. Amen? 
Okay. That was my introductory thought. So, all right. I didn't expect you to write that down, but that's correct. Now get your little notepad out. I mean, your little deal out here this morning. Okay. I want to talk about this morning that we all have an evangelism gospel virus. Ever think about that? Now, some of you are wondering, where in the world did Jerry come up with this? That we all got a virus, okay? Now, I'll tell you, okay, confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation, right? Okay, I'll tell you where I got this. I read an article about some guys in Africa that buy monkey, I mean, that buy monkey, I mean, that capture monkeys, <laughs> literally, and sell them to people in America for pets. Okay, that's the gospel truth, all right? But I was, so I was reading about this, and I, and I was reading about an American guy that bought a uh, monkey from some guy in Africa, but what a lot of Americans don't real, realize, a lot of these monkeys have absolutely horrible, dangerous viruses. And so I read about this guy, and the monkey that he bought scratched his arm. He kissed his girlfriend, and there was a whole outbreak of the virus that spread from the monkey to scratching the guy's arm. Now he's got the virus, and it stayed there, but he kissed his girlfriend. That's the very worst part. And then from her, it just, boom. Now, have you ever thought about this? Every one of us sitting here this morning that have put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we've all got a gospel virus. Yet, talk to me. Yes, Jerry. All right. So that's what we've got now. Let's look at how. Let's look at this. Three things. Now let's get to our main passage here. Okay, pick up with me on verse twelve, Philippians one twelve. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened unto me has really served to advance the gospel. Please underline that in red. What's happened to me? My circumstances has served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in my chains for Christ. Okay. Point number one, Paul was a courageous, uh, uh, Paul was a carrier of the virus. He was a courageous Okay, put the, that's the first word. All of us are carriers of the virus. So I got three words I'm going to ask each one of you to evaluate your own life. Are you a courageous in your spreading of that gospel virus that you have? Are you courageous? I think all of us would say, Paul was, wasn't he? He moved heaven and earth to get the gospel out. He moved heaven and earth because he had confidence. And, you know, he, it, it's so important that we understand this. 
do we have the confidence that the gospel is their only hope? We've got to have that because that's what drives us to want to be courageous in spreading it, okay? It was interesting for me this week. I was out shoveling a little bit of the snow in my little driveway, and while I was out there, the next-door neighbor lady came over. I mean, came over. She went out and opened her garage door, and she was going to clean her driveway. And I looked over at her, and she went, whoops, splat, right? I mean, she slipped and fell, and she just went flatter in a pancake right in the snow. So I ran over, <laughs> picked her up. Are you okay? Are you okay? Helped her in the house. About two hours later, I called over there. No, I went back over, and I said, Ann, are you okay? Well, she said, my, you know, my leg and my knee real sore, but she said, I'm okay. And I know this surprises you. I said, since I'm here, and uh, we've gotten to know each other now, uh, and I asked her a little bit about her, her, her background, a little bit about her family background. We got in our little conversation, and then I just wanted to say, well, let me just walk you through how all of it came alive to me. And then I just sat there and walked her through how I came to faith in Christ and what it really means to trust him. And I said, you know, even though that's not an interest for you right now, but you know what gives me joy to know that you know, and you've heard it for the first time. When you, Spirit of God will take what I've said to you, and you want this in your life, you've got it. Okay, so this week I was courageous. Well, I know what some of you are saying. You're courageous every week. I know because I got the virus. And I'm not going to be happy until I spread it. Okay, so that's, our, that's where we start this morning. I, get it. Oh, I wasn't going to say this, but I wrote, see something I wrote in my notes. I can't resist this. Okay. The last time I was in Phoenix, we went to the pro golf tournament because we got a friend that plays on the pro golf tour. tour. So my middle son and I went to the tournament and, the, and we walked all 18 holes for five hours. I was exhausted. When we got to the 17th hole, <laughs> I had to go sit down. <laughs> There's a grassy spot by the 17th green. And I'm sitting there by myself in the grass and there were four college kids behind me. And they, each one of them had a beer in each hand. And one of them was yelling, you know, you, just yelling out loud, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> you can imagine me sitting there. Finally, I looked back and I said, you don't have to. <laughs> well, <laughs> that got us in the, oh, now they got fired up. They really wanted to, you know, needle me because I tell you, you don't have to go to hell, you know. So then I just got up and went over and sat down by these four college kids and we had an awesome talk, shared with all four of them how I came to faith in Christ. And, we, and then it was when they got up to leave, all four of them came over, threw their arms around me and hugged me. They didn't have to do that. 
And then when they got about as far as me in the window there, one of them, the one that was screaming, I'm going to hell, he came back a second time and said, I want to hug you again. But isn't it amazing that in just in life, how many people are out there? God make us courageous. Okay, number two. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. Verse 14. Because of my chains, Paul said, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Okay, that really goes with the first point that I made. Paul was saying, okay, I'm chained up. Now, the gospel's not confined because I'm chained up, but all of you are more courageous to, to share your faith because of me, because I'm here and in chains. And I had to ask myself this question, is anyone more courageous to share the gospel because of me? You ever ask yourself that question? Have you affected anybody with the virus enough to where your courage has made them more courage, given them more courage? Don't, don't question class. Don't you think that's what God wants from every person sitting in this room? For you to be more courageous and inspire that in somebody else? Okay, now get after it, okay? All right, now, what he's also saying is that now that I'm chained, Paul said, and all the, by they call some translations, the the palace guards, the praetorian guard. Paul said, all of these guys that are chained to me, and I guess it's about every four hours they would shift around the clock. And Paul was there two years, you know that. Okay, question, class. Can you imagine what Paul said to a soldier that was there with him for four hours? You think I'd like to have you here for four hours? Yes, I would. By the way, I do have four hours worth of stuff here. But anyway, I'm just, you know, okay. So anyway, that, this is what was so awesome about this. Every time Paul sneezed, somebody caught a gospel cold. You sneezing on anybody? Okay. And I just, the whole palace guard caught a cold. And look how the gospel from one guy at a time that Paul was in, when he was there in, under house arrest there, all of those guys that heard the gospel from Paul, can you imagine them talking to each other? What did he say to you? What did he say to you? You know, and it was, as it went along and then to watch how that just like a virus spread throughout the whole palace guard. These were the most elite soldiers. Some of them were even Caesar's bodyguards. And look at how the gospel went to them. Plus the Philippians who became more courageous because of Paul. And so that's why 
I had to, you know, I took the liberty to put it in that way that Paul had a sneeze that was infectious and the whole Praetorian guard was infected and caught his cold. Wow, I just pray. Because when you sneeze, it's loud and wet. Okay, something else I read too. That when you sneeze, a loud sneeze, mucus can fly out your nose at 100 miles an hour. That's kind of gross, isn't it? <laughs> Make sure you go like this now, okay? Sometimes I forget. I got th- my sons are all, tell dad, you know, get your arm up there. Okay, we got to sneeze. And we want our sneeze to be loud and we want it to be wet. We want it to be loud. Why? Because we're living in a culture that's intimidating us to be silent. The ungodly world, are they silent? No, they aren't. You aren't going to shut us up, are we? Are we? Okay. So we want to, like, it's the silence that's killing us. And we just need to come to grips with that. And then to read not only loud, but we want it to be wet which means the best way to spread your virus is you got to contact people. So if I got a bad virus and I come over here and you want to touch me this morning, you see, he won't touch me. Okay. All right. So if we're getting our virus, not only loud, but we got to touch people. I mean, that is so, I mean, we've got to be where they are and go where they are. I did where's something else I wrote down here. Oh, here I I added this this week. This has been on my mind all week. So if I'm gonna be uh, contagious, I've got to contact people. Oh, another another thought that just came to my mind. Do you know that in the gospels Paul uh, interacted with individuals and groups? 133 times. I think I've got this now. Four times in the temple, six times in the, uh, in the synagogue, and 123 in the marketplace. Class, where did he spend his time? Out there. He was in the marketplace. He wasn't in the synagogue and in the temple. Very seldom. So that's why every one of us, look where we are. Do you know what my ministry, when my boys were growing up, I've got three boys, you know that, they're all grown and got their own kids and whatever, whatever. Okay, you know, when you're a pastor, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you not ours, because but I, I got this over the years, you can get so locked up into just what you're doing and preparing, you know, and just whatever. And so we just lose contact. Well, I had three sons and they were all good athletes. So do you know what my ministry was for over 20 years? Coaches, players, and, fa- and parents of players of my three boys. One time I led a whole family to Christ, 
sitting in the grass at a Little League game. That was my life. See, we're all in a different place, aren't we? Okay, so we have to go, <laughs> you know, basically, we have to go where they are in the marketplace. And that's what we're hopefully constantly doing, all right? Is your sneeze infectious? So I'm asking you, are you infecting anybody? This verse, Pastor brought this verse up last week. I want to piggy, take a little, little thought on one of them. When he was calling the first disciples, you know, come follow me. And I will make you to become something you aren't now, but I'm going to make you to become fishers of men. Tell me you got that verse. Okay, now if I ask all of you this morning, stand up. Don't, I'm not going to ask you to do this, but if I did, stand up. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus. If you're following, you're fishing. Question, are you fishing? Can I help you with that? When you fish, you bait the hook. You put the bait on. Okay, what's the bait? The bait is a story from your life. A lot of times it's not just sharing the gospel. Sometimes it's sharing another story from your life so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Almost 49 years ago, my family was almost killed in a horrible freeway accident. And I remember when the ambulance took my wife, my two boys, they went in the first ambulance because they were hurt the worst. The second ambulance took my wife and I, and she was expecting my third child at the time, Peter. She was expecting him, and the ambulance is going, taking all four of us to the hospital. And I remember the first guy that came by our car, two, got, two cars went, went out of control across the freeway and they both shot across and we hit both of them. And I'll never forget in that ambulance when I looked over at my wife and I said, you know, do you know how close we were to all of us being in eternity and if we hadn't been ready, you don't get ready for stuff like that. Because I was like this, January 2nd, dry pavement, beautiful sunny day. I looked up, when you see two cars coming at you, I looked up and I said, oh God, bam, it's over. You better, for the first time in my life, you know, I started saying, you better be ready. I'm going to help you with that. Okay. So bait the hook. Tell some stories. Your gospel story. A gospel, a marriage story. A heartbreak with one of your kids. I don't know if you've ever gone through an experience with at least one of your kids where you've sat there and cried your eyes out over a horrible decision that they've made. And how'd the Lord get me through that? That's a story I can tell. There's different stories in your life. 
Start telling some of your stories and then see how God will take that. So you bait the hook. Okay? Then what do you what, what do you do next? You put the hook in the water. <laughs> Isn't that profound? Isn't it that's just so profound? That means you tell your story well. Okay? <laughs> so we just need to work on that, you know? And when it comes alive, you know, start telling it. I you know, some most of you have baited the hook, but if you put it in the water, who have you talked to in the last week or two or a month or whatever? You bait the hook. And then number three, obviously, this is a side issue though. I just added this on. So anyway, bait the hook, put the hook in the water and go where the fish are. Boy, Christians love the holy huddle, don't they? I tell people, I've spent my whole life trying to help Christians get out of the holy huddle and get them out there and start running some plays. How many of you would love to go to a football game where they huddled for four hours? Man, that's exciting, isn't it? Any excitement in your life? Anything that, that's drawing people through you because you're so infectious? Okay, so let's just thank God for where we are. Now, I wasn't going to add this either, but I just wrote myself because this happened this week. What? Okay, I'm doing okay so far. I'm, I really am, and I'm, all, and I'm almost through, so just hang on. My son called me from Phoenix this week. And, you know, and he said, you know, Dad, let me tell you a story. This what happened to me this week. A lady that I know, she's in her late 30s. I used to work with her. She said, he said, we were just great friends. I just really love this gal. Well, she got sick. It was just some... He told me what it was. I'd never even heard of it. But for some strange reason, in a week, she just went downhill and died. And in her 30s, and she died last week. And my son said to me, Dad, my mind could only go back to how many hours I had talked with her. And then somebody asked me, did she know the Lord? And my son said, I don't know. And then it hit him like it never had before. That I could know somebody that long. And they could be a friend that long. And if something happened. And I said, I don't know. The knife goes all the way through, doesn't it? If you've got somebody in your family, if you've got a close friend that you've worked with in the years gone by, if you've got some people in your life, if you got a call this week, something tragic happened and they were gone, and the thought came back to you, why didn't you say something? 
Why didn't you say something? Now, I'm not trying. Oh, please, God is my witness. I am not trying to motivate you by guilt. I'm not trying to motivate you by shame. I'm just trying to motivate all of us to be conscious of the fact that I want to be courageous. I want to be infectious. And I want to talk about the one who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And even if you're not interested right now, that's okay. But let me at least walk you through what it means in my life, what it could mean in your life. And that really hit me when I thought about it in that way. Wow. Hmm. So, and that's why in the book of Mark, you know what word that comes up in Mark's gospel all the time? Immediately. Immediately. What does that mean? Urgency. There's a sense of urgency. All right. So, if we're going to carry the gospel virus and be effective, we're going to want to be carriers that are courageous. We want to be, <laughs> we want to be, <laughs> we want our sneeze to be infectious. Okay? And get in contact with people. We don't have to worry about that. And then, oh God, help us to live out an authentic faith so that well, people, we really will be, that we'll have an effect on them to where they want to at least start to be contagious in their faith. So that's where we have this morning. Because you know what so many people think about evangelism? You try to get everybody to come into the stained glass aquarium so the big fishermen can hook them. Is that your idea of evangelism? Or is your idea of evangelism, he's changed my life, and I'm going to sneeze on somebody this week and ask God to bring people into my life that I can touch for him. And that's why we're here. Oh, here's, yeah, here's a quote. I couldn't help but bring this one. Early Christianity was viral. Look at the book of Acts. It spread like an epidemic. It affected the general populace so quickly that no one was safe. In just a few short years, the known world had been affected and by the epidemic of evangelism. But in the years since, it hasn't been that way. And here's what kills me, this one thought. Today, the virus has been trapped within the walls of our quarantined churches. Well, you can take that for whatever way you want to. Now, tell me you're encouraged this morning, would you? Tell me I didn't put you on a guilt trip. I just wanted to say we've all got the virus. God help us to infect the people in our family, in our neighborhood, the people. I got a guy down at Toyota that I'm praying for. 
I got a gal that I stopped, a single mom that I shared Christ with at Fred Meyer. I got people everywhere praying for them. God used me in their life. I shared the gospel with them. That's my world. Nobody can touch my world. Nobody can touch your world. I've got my segment of beach that I'm responsible for, and so do every one of you. Have your segment of beach that only you can touch. Now, sick them, okay? Let's make the next few weeks the best weeks we've ever had in our life. And I've got a book in my car, a box of them. <laughs> a Life That Matters. Greatest book I've ever read on evangelism. And I always tell people, if you read that book and it doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. I beg Christians to read that book. And if you don't have one, will you ask me for one? They're $10 each. You know, I, I always tell people, if you buy one and it doesn't light your fire, I'll return your money. I change that now. The church will return your money. <laughs> but I've got them out in my car, and I dare you to trust me to read that book and watch God go to work in your life. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for this incredible passage of Scripture. And God, help us to realize you want to touch others through us. And you want us to be affectionate. Just help us to be infectious. Help us to sneeze on somebody this week. And we pray that somehow they'll catch a cold, a gospel cold. And Father, I don't know everyone that's here this morning. But I've got to ask, have every one of you sitting here this morning, have you made a conscious, willful choice to trust Christ as your Savior? Do you know that you've asked Him to forgive your sin and be your Savior, and you know you've done that? And if there's any doubt, would you be willing to pray this prayer with me this morning, right now? Because that's why God's got you here. And some of you say, well, I believe in God. That's not good enough. I believe in God. It's personal faith in Jesus. And have you asked him to forgive you? All right. Silently in your own heart, would you be willing to pray this prayer? Follow with pray it in your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for me and to pay my sin debt. And right now, by faith, I am trusting you, my Savior. Thank you for, for forgiving me and giving me eternal life.
And Father, for the rest of us who have made that commitment, help us to freshen up our flabby faith and to say, by God's grace, I want to be more infectious than I've ever been in my life before. Help me touch somebody this week to the glory of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay. One last thing. One last thing. Anybody here this morning, pray that prayer with me silently in your own heart. Anybody do that this morning? And you're willing to just stand up, sit back down, but it's your way of saying, I did that this morning and I made sure. Anybody? That's awesome. Okay. The whole service has been worth the three of you to walk out of here knowing that I know for sure. It's a great day, folks. Now you can sing. Okay.